Champions League match day two, and we got some cracking games to go over. Jimmy Conrad is in the house as we discuss match day two of the Champions League. Que golazo begins right now. Everybody, welcome to Kego Lasso. It's so great to see you, to hear you, or the other way around, vice versa. If you're in audio, thank you so much. If you're in video, thank you so much. Jimmy Conrad is in the house. We're talking Champions League, our massive preview. Plenty of matches, including PSG against Man City, Juventus, Chelsea, Manchester United, Villarreal, and so much, much more. First of all, Jimmy Conrad, how are you, brother? I am great, LME, and hopefully everybody is doing well that's listening or watching. This is going to be a great week like always and we have a marquee matchup i mean if anybody secretly wanted the super league right and we're like didn't want to say it publicly to their friends but kind of like the super league idea we've got it for you this week psg versus manchester city inject us straight into my oil money veins i love it yeah if you're under 19 years old you totally won the super league that, don't <laughs> even lie about it. but we got plenty of games as jimmy was talking about we're going to discuss them all and by the way thank you so much for being part of the family if you're listening on apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and review it really helps us to grow the show we're on spotify stitcher youtube of course press that notification bell so you get all those new episodes just like this one let's begin jimmy conrad and talk about that big oil money this is a big one this is like the seats are made of gold in this game it's absolutely ridiculous it's paris saint-germain against manchester city the storylines here are everywhere Lionel messi is back training we're hearing reports that donnarumma will take over Kaylor navas he says very annoyingly uh in goal for psg but man city looking good after that win over chelsea so much to discuss as you look at this game jimmy conrad what what are your initial thoughts what are you thinking well, my initial thoughts are very Super League-esque, you know, because there's so much talent on this field. And I wonder, I hope somebody does this for us, or somebody hit us up at Pod on Twitter. How much money are these starting 11s worth when they when they actually go out there? How much <laughs> yeah. money are they worth? Because I'm quite curious as to what that final number would be. I I, I want to say, LME, that it'd be over a billion dollars. It, it's got to be close to that. Now, I, I know some of the guys came the in for free. general budget of a small European nation. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. I think PSG is owned by a small, well, not a European nation, but owned by a small nation. So, so with regard to this game in particular, the last time these two faced each other was in the Champions League semifinals last season. And I'll be honest, that feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. We had yeah. the Euros, Copa America, Gold Cup, really uh, Olympics, a really long summer of, of other storylines that have emerged. And when you bring up Donna... Donnarumma, I mean, he was the MVP and, and the most valuable player for Italy during their Euro Championship run. So the fact that he's only played two games so far kind of makes me like Mauricio Pochettino a little bit because I assume he thought, oh, I'm going to come in. Keeler Navas, yeah, 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 he's old. I'm going to start. I'm 22. I'm the guy. Look at me. And Mauricio Pochettino's kind of like, nah, you, you got to earn it, you know? And so he's played twice against Clermont Foot and against Lyon. And that's, uh, he's given one goal to Lyon, but uh, otherwise has a clean sheet. It's interesting. This is the biggest game of the season. And so for Mauricio Pochettino to lean to Donnarumma is interesting. I think actually from a PSG standpoint, they didn't have Idrissa Gay in their first game of the group stages where they drew 1-1 surprisingly with Club Brugge. He makes a difference. And I think that's going to be the biggest key for Mauricio Pochettino and PSG moving forward. How do you balance your team? Now, as you mentioned, Messi's back in training. So is Marco Verratti, who for me is probably the me. real MVP of this team because he's going to have to be able to transition the ball from, from defense to attack. And they're not doing that so well. And I say this because 
When Vavarati isn't there, now Andre Herrera, Idrissa Gay, very good hard workers make life difficult. And you need those guys on the field. You can't have 11 luxury players. You need a couple guys that are just going to get into the trenches and, and make plays. Yeah. But Vavarati is a little bit of both, you know, and, and he helps transition the team. The problem is when you don't have a Vavarati out there, or if you have Di Maria playing inside or even a Draxler, where they like being out wide and cutting in, you, you're forcing Messi or Mbappe or Neymar to drop back to get the ball a little bit deeper when you really want to get the ball to them as close to the attacking third as possible. So keep an eye on Verratti when he comes into this one. That I do to me wanna, is the key. That to me so is key. key. Yeah. Before you go on, I just no, want to no, go ahead. I, I, I could talk about this game all day. It's amazing. No, because the reason why I think Verratti needs to stick around in this conversation or at the very least the midfield is like that's exactly what happened against Brugge. I mean, obviously, there's so much firepower. But they weren't quick enough on the on, on you know the moment they lost the ball, and that's where you really need somebody to just lead. And I remember you mentioned Sergio Ramos as well mm. previously about how you just need a general, a leader. Verratti is one of those players as well. By the way, uh, Pochettino's hinting that Messi won't start. Jimmy Conrad, he said, yeah. I think he will be in the squad, but I still have not decided the starting eleven. He was a little. Um, a little upset actually in the press conference. Obviously, he was saying, "Look, he is an he's the best player in the world, but he's got to adapt to culture. You know, everybody needs time, etc." Okay, fair enough. But it's Lionel Messi, and it's not like he just arrived yesterday, right? And it's not like he's not alien to the European game. And to your point, the biggest game of PSG's uh, season right now. So I get what Pochettino's saying, but what do you make of you know? Obviously, if he's not a hundred percent, that's a different conversation. But what do you make of this? sort of beginning of Lionel Messi's journey with PSG. I'm actually quite surprised, Elamie, that we are here, what, a month in to him being available to, to play or maybe a little bit less than that. And he still hasn't scored, hasn't really put his stamp on things. Maybe he's trying to find his way in terms of where he's going to pick up the ball. Maybe the spaces that he goes to look for it, Neymar and or Mbappe are in those spaces. Maybe he just doesn't like playing with Mario Icardi. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different things and there's a lot of ba nice backstory between those two players. Uh, there that they don't like each other. Messi doesn't. Maybe like Antonella so. is just giving him too many options for the wallpaper know. in the living room, and he's like, I I'm don't tired. know. Yeah, but but I am quite surprised that he hasn't hit the back of the net or or done something Messi esque, right? Like weaving yeah. through four players and laying it off to somebody for an easy tap in or whatever. So I'm curious, and now it looks like he might be a super sub in this one. Not the worst thing, right? And I think that if you brought him on with 30 minutes left to go, because it's the Champions League. Maybe he would elevate that performance, and and we'll see. I don't know. It's it's interesting, but I think that the way that PSG play obviously is going to be different than Barcelona. Even when Barcelona doesn't have their Xavi and Iniesta's, there's still a a methodology and a philosophy and a DNA that still exists within the club. And now he's going somewhere else where that doesn't exist. And yes, there's a lot of world class players around him, but if the flow is and rhythm isn't the same, it is going to take him a while. We see it with Argentina national team for many, many, many years. He goes back there, and it's just like. Why is it Messi doing messy things? Because yeah. it's not, it's just not the same. The, what the made it even it. worse, what made it even worse is just all the hype that surrounded yeah. this arrival. Okay. You had the drone going in through the, the store <laughs> at Paris Saint-Germain. You had that huge you sort of introduction at the stadium, all these things. And now to your point, like nothing much is happening. So that's been, well, we talked about PSG a lot here. Manchester City are feeling good. They just mm -hmm. beat. Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel, um, things are going their way, despite the fact that they didn't get Harry Kane. They're clicking. Of course, they have a tremendous set of attacking players. Uh, Pep has the luxury of resting some of them, mm -hmm. at least this past weekend. So what do you make of Man City coming here and, and seeing what they can do against PSG? 
Yeah, this is a good one. I, I think they started off their week very well, obviously going to Stanford Bridge and getting the results. They didn't give up any shots on goal to that Chelsea team. And yes, we kind of took a couple shots at Tuchel for maybe his lineup selections or his formation uh, ahead of that game. But Romelu Lukaku, I mean, you'd put money on him at least getting one shot through 90 minutes or any of those players. And and I do think when I looked at Chelsea's lineup, just to go back into that a second, because we didn't talk about it on the recap, they didn't really have, they had Jorginho, Kovacic, and Conte in that midfield. And they didn't have that, same as PSG, right? They didn't have that one link-up player. They didn't have the Mason Mount. They didn't have a, potentially have a Ziyech uh, inside or even a Pulisic. Somebody inside that can kind of break the lines with some running and can do it consistently. That's what they're known for. Mm. But they had like a really holding three. And this is where I think Pan City can take advantage because if Verratti doesn't play for PSG, it's going to look really similar. Now, that said... I don't think Laporte's going to start. I think he's going to save him for Liverpool this upcoming weekend. And I think John Stones is going to get his first significant action. And this is a big game to get some first significant action. The thing is, and if they can harken back to that first leg of the Champions League semifinals, and if you remember, it was in Paris, that first half, honestly, I think we came on here and talked about it. That was the best half I'd seen PSG play that whole season. Yeah, it was tremendous. And the reason, though, it was less about now. Obviously, when you combine world class talent with with hard work and industriousness, that's the kind of performance you're going to see. And it just felt like in those 45 minutes, PSG wanted it more. What's scary about Man City is they didn't. They came back and scored two goals to win it in the second half. And sure, Kaylor Navas could have done a little bit better, and some of it were kind of lucky goals. But PSG took their foot off the gas, and that's what allowed City to get back into it. So, so. If PSG can kind of tap into that, I think that Pep's going to remind them of that first half. And I think they're going to be up for it. And I think that they have set some goals. Knowing what we've seen about Pep behind the scenes, documentary stuff, he wants to be lights out defensively. And even though they shipped three goals against RB Leipzig, they scored six uh, the last match day. So, So there is some ways to get at them. But I just feel like there's been a gauntlet that's been thrown to these guys. Let's be nails defensively. We're going to get some of the best attacking players in the world. Let's make sure we put our stamp on things. I like, I actually like City a little bit more in this game, even though PSG's unbeaten, undefeated uh, in, in Liga and, and obviously didn't lose match day one to Club Brugge. But, uh, well, I don't, that's, know. I don't know. That's what, that's what we're going right next. I'll give you a very quick uh, segment here to just give me your quick betting tips. By the way, PSG and all the four games against Man City, they have failed to keep a clean sheet. So maybe a goal is definitely in the cards for Manchester City. That question will be. Can PSG double that or, you know, supersede that in order to win? Quick betting tips from you, Jimmy Conrad. God, it's it's tough. I'm so excited about uh, how Man City looked against Chelsea, especially on the defensive side of the ball. To, to get a clean sheet about against these guys, I don't know. Every time I look at a score sheet, this is not me not being very quick, LME, when you just asked me to be quick. But when I look at the score sheet for PSG every single weekend, I'm like, okay, I'm looking for Mbappe, Neymar, and Messi. And then every week it's Onda Herrera, Adrisa Gay, Marlo yeah. Cardi, like where are the big three, you know? So I'm very curious. And, and from Mauricio Pochettino's perspective, this is like this is why we assembled this team, this, this Avengers team for you so that you can go on and win this competition. And if they're dropping more points, especially at home, I know it's the biggest game uh, against the biggest opponent, but God, maybe it draws the play here. PSG plus 200 to win, plus 255 for the draw. And City are the favorites on Caesar Sportsbook plus 129. With both teams to score, you would think. Both teams to score, I could add that in for sure. That 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 elevates the whole process. Plus four hundred. I, I don't PSG. see a stalemate here. I just don't. I yeah, don't yeah. I just but it could be. I, I remember I was just checking my notes uh, from the website of our predictions, and I gave Man City the win two one. 
Uh, I think that PSG will win that first half, though. I think there'll be one nothing up, and then Man City will wake up as the game develops. That's just my... But, but then you have potentially Verratti, who should be in the squad, and mm. Messi coming off the bench in the second half. But to your point, Something Donnarumma in goal is going to be a major thing as well because, yeah, you know, he's going to want to light. Donnarumma is going to want to show everybody why Donnarumma is there. And he took yeah, the that's fair. That's, now, so. that's a great point. That's a nice one. So what's interesting is plus 255 for the draw straight up is okay. the highest odds of those three. But when you go to match result and both teams to score, the draws becomes the second favorite. So it goes to plus 320. So it's yeah. almost like the bookies recognize. So what, do you have? what do you have? Yeah, okay. The Donnarumma one is, uh, is a nice ad there. You got me on my. You got me on that one. And he's obviously going to want to prove that he's the guy. Every now I'll, and again, I come I'll up go, with a I'll go one, one. I'll go, I'll go one, one or two, two. I, get, I can okay. get both at plus 320 there. I was so close on going 2-0, Jimmy, but I'm going to give it to Man City 2-1. But I was That's so plus close 290, Plus 290 if you want City to win and both teams to score. Well, we will bet. All right, well, let's move on here because we got a, a plenty of action here. And let's discuss, of course, another big game here. AC Milan against Atletico Madrid. That's Olivia Reju Giroud against Antoine Griezmann, of course. Uh, Griezmann, eight games this season, five with Atleti. No goals, no assists, no shots on target. So, <laughs> so I don't even know why you brought up Griezmann in this one. Like, he's not going to be a factor, clearly. Okay, so talk to me about AC Milan because they, you know, they did get a, a win uh, this time around and they're looking to reinvent themselves in the Champions League, I guess. And now they face Atletico Madrid, who, by the way, lost as well this past weekend. It's a cagey one, this one, I feel. Yeah, it's going to be cagey. Obviously, Atletico Madrid in these particular situations away from home in the Champions League under Diego Simeone. We're like, yeah, this is a 0-0. <laughs> it's got 0 written all over it. Milan uh, knows Zlatan. He still has an Achilles injury. He's going to be out until after the international break. You got no Florenzi as well, who I think provides... Experience, of course, uh, a long-time in Italian international, but on that right side where I think that uh, Milan can get after them a little bit. Now, what I really liked about Milan is that five, six, or seven minutes they played against Liverpool at Anfield where they scored two goals. I was like, this Milan team yeah. is no joke. Now it's just a matter of can Stefano Pioli, the manager of Milan, can he extend that that five or six minutes yeah. and make that a half or, or even a game minutes? at least? Yeah. That's that's going to be the big challenge for this team is, is can they maintain that momentum? They look so good. Liverpool had no answers. And to do that against that type of Liverpool team with that type of experience at Anfield was nothing short of impressive. Now, they so you're hold expecting on to the it, same against Atletico Madrid because they face they're such an aggressive team. Right. Uh, you know, you would think that because the thing that I saw from Pioli is that he was trying to fight fire with fire. He was like, all right, Liverpool, you're going to press. We're going to press and we're going to do it even more. Do you see that happening here? Uh, that's going to be a big test because what I do like about Milan, which I think is a strength, but also at times can be a weakness, is that they're young. Yeah. And I think Diego Simeone and his old veterans are like, yeah, we're just going to kick the crap out of you. And then we'll see what you're made of. You know, that's kind of the Atleti special. We're going to crush you. And every single time you get the ball, you're going to get kicked. And if you still beat us, then, hey, fair enough. You 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 survived our, our style. But but a lot of teams don't survive that. And, and And frankly, their team doesn't either. I always feel like, when they're struggling, you can feel like there's these invisible handcuffs on some of their players from being creative or taking risk because they know they're going to get an earful from Simeone at some point behind the scenes. But but quickly back to Milan, I love how they responded after losing that game to Liverpool. They yeah. picked up seven points from the next three matches. They went into Turin and, and got a point, a 1-1 draw with Juve. They've won their three home matches this season in all competitions. They scored eight goals in the process. So I think they're going to be a handful. now. It's really, to your point, will Giroud start? Uh, Rebic has been very good for them. Uh, and he was good against Liverpool as well, kind of running those channels and making it hard. So so 
that left side with, with Theo Hernandez on the left who just bombs forward with reckless abandon for, for AC Milan. You got Rebic, who seems like a Rebic, who's going to sound like he's going to be at the left side against K Kieran Trippier, right? I mean, that's kind of the matchup that I'm looking at and who's going to slide over to help kind of mm. make sure those numerical advantages. That's my favorite thing. My well, one the last big issue... These two phase, go ahead, go ahead. Before you came, the last time these two faced was the round of 16 in the UEFA Champions League 2013-2014 where right. AC Milan lost. So it's not like we have a huge um, resume of games here that we can take from note. And it's, so it's going to be intriguing. So the individual matchups are key. I was looking at the midfield jimmy conrad because mm -hmm. this is gonna it's gonna be like boxers in there in the middle i feel don't you think a hundred percent yeah I'm, I'm a big uh, frank kessier fan and so him going up against some of the toughest guys you know you have Llorente, you have coke you have rodrigo hey, Paul, yeah you got carrasco carrasco excuse me and and well joao felix i don't luis suarez this is gonna be great matchups you know so i'm really excited there's good great matchups all over the field my issue with Los Cochineros, as it lets he's known, they've Very only nice. won two, well two out of their last six. And both of those two wins were scored in injury time of those games. And Atletico lost to Alaves this weekend. And Alaves hadn't won in their previous five games. <laughs> and, and what I guess gives me even more concern is that Atleti had, and this is an Atleti team that doesn't care about having possession. Atleti yeah. had 70% possession. Do you know how many shots on goal they got with 70% possession? One. <laughs> One shot on goal with 70% yeah, possession. And that makes me nervous because... And we talked about their firepower so much as well. Like We're not talking about a bunch of chumps out there. We're no. talking Suarez, Griezmann, you know, guys that, that know how to Junior, hit the back of the net. Yeah. Done it at the highest of levels. And you can only muster one shot on goal with 70%. Just shoot from 30 yards and put it on frame. I don't even care. That's Absolutely. ridiculous. So, right, so that so makes me, me nervous. Give me a quick betting tips on this one then. What do you think? Okay, with all that said, I think it's still a draw. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I have a draw. Left. I have a draw as well, but I have a high-scoring draw. I don't know why I did that. I feel like there's going to be a lot of vulnerability here. I had it as 2-0. Am I insane? No, well, two all feels. I don't know where you think Atleti's going to score the goals. I don't. Know. I think I, I was drunk when I wrote that prediction. This is the group of death too. So Liverpool on top of three points. Atleti and Porto drew on match day one with one each, and then Milan obviously lost three two to Liverpool. So this is a this is where it gets delicate. This is a every game is so important here. All these points are really important, which makes me feel like Atleti going to be even more conservative. I like the drop plus two ten. There you go. All right. Well, uh, listen, some other games on Tuesday, by the way, as our producer Des Norris will share it on the screen. These are the early kickoffs for Tuesday, by the way. Ajax, who are absolutely killing mm -hmm. everybody, by the way. They're just scoring for fun. I think I don't have the full stats yet, but I think it's 250 goals in the space of a week or something. Yeah, they're, um, they're unreal. It's, uh, yeah, I'm just kidding about that. But they're scoring a lot, though. Ajax against Besiktas, Shakhtar against Inter Milan as well. And then the later games, Leipzig, Jesse Marsh against Brugge and Porto, Liverpool. That should be a good one. And Borussia Dortmund and Sporting and Real Madrid against Sheriff. So those are anything from those games before uh, we take a break, Jimmy. What do you think? Any Anything from those games? Yeah, really quick. Ajax Besiktas. Ajax won the first one. Besiktas lost. A really important game for Besiktas. If you lose your first two games out of six, and it's Ajax not looking good for you. Ajax are sick. Eric Ten Hag, the manager. If any... Managerial jobs open up. He should be near the top of the list, in my humble opinion. Shakhtar, Inter Milan, Inter lost, if you remember, on a late goal to Real Madrid at home. Yeah. They have to get all three points here. I really feel like if they want to tough. really get into the top two, especially against Shakhtar. 
Uh, RB Leipzig, Jesse Marsh, can he build off of that 6-0 win against Hertha Berlin? I hope so. Against Club Brugge, they should. So this is one of the games where they should, and hopefully he delivers. Porto Liverpool is really interesting for me because Liverpool just dropped points. Let's just say it against Brentford this week. And Porto undefeated. They haven't they are. the game. The one thing I'll add for this, and make sure you look at the starting lineups first before you make any bets if you're interested in this one. Porto are going to be without Pepe, who okay. I think is out with an injury, and a Chancel and Bemba, their other starting center back because he got a red card in match day one. All right, so, that's so, so just something to keep in mind that I think Liverpool could run riot here. Could. Could is the key word here. Could run riot because Porto doesn't have the same type of depth, depth that Liverpool has. Also, I just think that there's going to be a response to giving up three goals against a Brentford team. Now, mm -hmm. that that Porto has a lot of similar traits. They're going to fight and scratch for everything. So something to keep in mind. And Dorman, at home, obviously, Jimmy, at home as well, they're going to be wanting true. to prove a point. Yeah. That's By the true. way, Ajax, since beating uh, Sporting 5-1 in the opening game, these are their results. 9-0, 5-0, 3-0 competitions. They're just scoring for fun. And here's the uh, hashtag untimely stat from our producer, Des Norris. Lucho Suarez hasn't scored on the road in 25 Champions League matches. That's wild them. to me. Yeah, he's got to break that duck at some point. Quack, quack. But I will say with regard to scoring goals in the Champions League, keeping an eye on Erling Holland, obviously against Sporting Club de Portugal. He's going to get a brace. We know that much. That's well, they also lost this past weekend to Borussia Mönchengladbach. I think there's going to be a response there. And then Madrid versus Sheriff. They're tied at the top of the table in their group. So I'm curious to see if Sheriff can come in and bing, 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 try to take something off of Madrid. Come on, I, I think that Madrid. Uh, are probably going to score a lot of goals in this one. So oh, as long as my Peruvian Gustavo Delanto gets a header, or something, <laughs> I'll be happy. We're going to take a quick break, by the way. And when we come back, we're doing Wednesday's action in the Champions League. Don't go anywhere. Que golazo Champions League preview. We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step. The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Everybody, welcome back to the Champions League preview from Kego Lasso with Jimmy Conrad in the hizzy. And here we begin with another massive one. This week is crazy. But then again, crazy. we say that, but it's really crazy every match day. But Juventus against Chelsea. A few injury issues for Juventus, by the way. Paolo Dybala, Alvaro Morata, they are out. So, you know, it'll be intriguing to see. Uh, Romelo Lukaku, by the way, returns to Italy as Juventus hosts Chelsea. What do you see here, Jimmy Conrad? This is a, a good game, but I don't know why I see a stalemate. Convince me that I'm wrong. I don't... Well... Chelsea, I think, have a tendency of getting under two and a half goals, uh, no matter when they play, especially against the biggest teams and yeah. in European Fair competition. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something to keep in mind when you look at any type of betting. But let's just get into the analysis here. Without Dybala, who I thought was very bright this past weekend, 
Oh, it, it, they got Kulisevsky, who actually came in and had an assist. He can be good when he has time to run at teams. The problem is when you play against Chelsea, they stack you up in a way. So make sure you notice this. Look at the wingbacks. Because you have, and it looks like Reese James is going to be out for a while, so Azpilicueta is going to probably be starting in that wingback spot. He gets out there to slow those initial runs. So it's going to be really important for Kulisevsky and Chiesa on the other side to get it going. But then on the other side, you have where I think where they can get a, maybe Chilwell will come in here because for defensive purposes, he's a lot better than, than Marcus Alonso, who just, he's like, he's like an Ole defender, right? He goes, Ole, and he just run right past him. You know, and Alonso doesn't want to defend. His, and then he just mashes a goal every now and again. He yeah. does, he does. Yeah. He definitely does it on the attacking side. But yeah. on defensive, I'm always like, Marcus Alonso, not a good good defender. <laughs> I don't know why they call him defender. But uh, he, he so there's a there's space there. I think Kiesa can take advantage. But the problem, what Chelsea do really well, even if it is Marcus Alonso, and even if it is, a wingback like a Hudson Adoy who doesn't normally play wingback, they're there to slow that run down. And when they get the ball, those players are already under pressure. And so if they beat that first player, they're going to run into that big center back who's waiting right behind them. And that's where Chelsea does a very good job of slowing the rhythm of teams like Juventus down. So that makes me a little bit nervous for Juve in this particular game. Now, Juve's have won back-to-back league games, so they're starting to move back up the table. The problem yeah. is they haven't had a clean sheet. I want to reiterate this. I said it in the recap of podcast yesterday. They haven't had a clean sheet in Serie A since March 2nd. Yeah, and they, that's not a good vibe, Elamie. They have to figure out that side of it. And I think if they want to beat a team like Chelsea, you also have to have Chesney in goal standing on his head. You need a hot goalkeeper to win any type of trophy and to get through competitions. So this is going to be an interesting one, especially because Tuchel doesn't find himself usually losing games. And so how are they going to respond to that? And who is he going to start? And who is he going to really try to unlock a little bit. I do think, and I'm going to say it again, that they missed somebody to link up. It seems like Mason Mount was still going to be hurt, but they need somebody in that That's midfield. Loss. If, if yeah. they go with Kovacic and Golakante and Jorginho, it just, and I think Jorginho might've got a bit of a knock. I don't know if he's going to start this one, but who's going to help kind of transition the team. And that's going to be a big one. Cause if Juve sees it and they don't really have any players then they can sit on those wide guys a little bit more. And, and make it hard. And I think we could see, a, to your point, a stifled attack from both sides, which means it's probably going to lead to a stalemate. It's weird to me that Tuchel sometimes doesn't think, and listen, who am I to question Tuchel? But like, if you have this double pivot, if you use a double pivot with Chelsea, why don't you have Timo Werner just behind Lukaku? I feel like that could be an answer. It just it doesn't really happen. But to your point earlier from previous matches, Chelsea need a response here because obviously they lost to Man City and they want to do well in the Champions League. But so does Juventus and Max Allegri, especially at home in the Champions League. This will be the fifth meeting between Juventus and Chelsea, by the way, in the Champions League, with both teams recording one win each in the previous four, uh, two draws in that one. Juventus won their most recent one in 2012-2013. Uh, that was 3-0. But this is a totally different Chelsea side. So, you know, all right. So quick betting tips. And what do you see here? Yeah, I just want to mention, I didn't even bring up Morata. He's going to be out as well. So yeah, always Ken comes into the team. Lost, yeah. It's a, it's a big loss just in terms of once Ronaldo left, they're really building around Dybala and Morata, and now those guys are both gone. I think Ziyech and Havertz will probably sit in behind Lukaku. I think they're going to get back into what they know. And then I think it looks like N'Golo Kante and Kovacic will start. That's what I'm kind of seeing here in these predicted lineups on a couple of websites that I've seen. Locatelli obviously scored the game winner this past weekend for Juve. That's good for his confidence. So I'm very curious to see how this goes. But due to just the pragmatism of Thomas Tuchel, and I think Maxi Allegri trying to make sure they shore things up. I just don't think we're going to see a lot of risk taking. Now, that that doesn't, I'm not trying to say that they're not going to potentially score on a set piece. I could see Juve and Bonucci or Chiellini or Delict or whoever's playing center back 
you know, getting one on the end of a set piece, and that's what mm. proves to be the difference. Or conversely, the same thing for for Chelsea. But it's I don't one think nothing. Gonna, it's not going to. Yeah, be it's going to be. Yeah. I think it's going to be really tight, and I think that. Uh, yeah, can I say the draw? Am I allowed to say the draw again? Because I can say whatever you want. You can well, say whatever you I'll, want. I just Chelsea's the heavy favorite here, but I don't want to sleep on the momentum that Juve currently have. Despite they're giving up a lot of goals, they still they've got that little pep in their step, as I like to say, a little bit of that juice and a little bit more of that belief. Now, if they'd come in on the back of a few losses, then I'd be talking way heavy on Chelsea. But I think there's a little something there. And and what Juve was known for for many years was they never lose at home. And they yeah. have to regain that if they want to actually win the Scudetto or any, any trophy. Especially the draw is really good value, plus 245. I have nil-nil, so I don't know. I have zero-zero. Nil-nil. <laughs> I almost want to go to exact bets on that and, and see. I don't. I, I just think it's going to be very cagey, nil-nil. And, you know, n- neither will be super upset. Neither will be happy. But there it is. All right, let's go to Manchester United against Villarreal. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Out for revenge against Unai Emery. We will see Manchester United lost to Aston Villa and Villarreal drew with Real Madrid. What do you have here? This is a repeat of last season's Europa League final. What do you have? So so United have lost three out of the last four in all competitions, including match day one to young boys. So we have to bring that up. But, you know, they did themselves in. Jesse Lingard, hell of a pass to Jordan Pifuk for that, that winner. So Ole Gunnar. Rightfully, I think if you're going to manage one of the biggest clubs, it just comes to the territory. You're going to lose three out of the next four under fire. <laughs> There's already great odds on who's going to come in to take over his job. What I find interesting about this one is that United's starting back line might not be available. Uh, Aaron Juan Basaka obviously got a red card on match day one, so he's out. It looks like Luke Shaw and Harry Maguire picked up injuries in the last match That's this past weekend against Aston Villa. So you're just without three out of your four regulars. And, and that... Is, is interesting because on the on the flip side with the yellow submarine, Villarreal, Gerard Moreno, who scored the winning goal, or scored the first goal, sorry, wasn't the winning goal, for Villarreal in the Europa League final. And he's going to be out. Uh, Samuel Chukwezi, who's one of the top, in my opinion, wingers in La Liga, he's out. So you got Paco Alcacer. You got you got some players that I think end up becoming a little bit, I'd say easier to mark, but, but maybe aren't as dynamic as some of the other players. Yeah. Gerard Moreno was on something fierce last season. So it looks like you're going to have a back line of Alex Tellez at left back, Veron Lindelof, which I'm kind of curious to see about that, and then Diego Delote uh, playing right back. Obviously, all very serviceable, but how many how many reps have they gotten together as a group is really important. And then, as was the main discussion for me when it comes to Manchester United, who's starting in the midfield? Are we going with a double pivot? Are we doing something different? You know, So is Matic playing? Because if Matic plays, though he keeps the ball really, really well, can't cover the ground that he used to, and he's not even that fast to begin with. Then you got Pogba potentially, Jane Sancho, if he gets to start, another big opportunity for him, Fernandez, Greenwood, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Now, Ronaldo, I must say, has scored 13 goals in 19 career games against Via Real. But only- I would love to know the stat, Jimmy, also of what happens when Ronaldo comes to a game after a game he didn't score. I wonder if, uh, you know, Especially the Champions League, because this guy owns this competition. Exactly. And, and also, who takes the next penalty? For, for United if Bruno Fernandes uh, and Ronaldo are on the field. <laughs> I, I think it has to be at this point. Yeah, but I think so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Emmy Martinez is living rent-free. He broke, Bruno Fernandes is he broke the I whole club. <laughs> I don't know if you saw a tweet. <laughs> I don't know, he broke. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. All right, so give me your betting tips for this one very quick. I have Manchester United winning 2-1. I think they'll need a response. They're at home. They need to get it going. They're looking still for revenge from last time around. 2-1. 2-1. 
Now, this is against a Villarreal team that doesn't give up a lot of goals. I know. I just want to throw that in there. They just I drew 0-0 with Real Madrid over the weekend. But don't listen to me, everybody. <laughs> I'm just saying. I just want to make sure that no, when no, no, people are considering point. what they're looking at and where they want to lean. No, it's a good it, point. So that, what do you that, have? That's, I hate saying the draw. I really do. I think that United are – they're the heavy favorites on Caesar Sportsbook, minus 205. Mm. There might be some accumulation bet stuff that we – you know, we've talked about before with accumulations. But let me say really quick – they. They say Cristiano Ronaldo hat-trick's got a, a, a boost to plus 2,000. That's not going to happen. Villarreal's not giving up three goals. So so I love that they're trying to tease me with that, Caesar Sportsbook. You're such a tease. But uh, minus 137 for Ronaldo to score anytime. I, I would almost consider maybe putting some money on him to score first. He, he likes to be in charge and like put a stamp on things early. Plus 250 yeah. is probably the best value you're going to get around for him. But if you're into accumulation bets, if you want to do exact scores, which we do on here from time to time, you can bet Man United to win 2-0. It's plus 700. Man United to win 2-1, plus 750. Man United to win 1-0. It's plus 750. And the draw, 1-1, uh, plus 800. You can bet all four of those exact scores, put $10 on each, and you still come out a winner. I like if, it. If one of those four scores hits, of course. I like it. So try and make that uh, happen, everybody. And don't put your house on it. Just put a little bit. <laughs> yeah, 10 bucks, 10 bucks. Uh, yeah, please. Hopefully please. your house costs more than $10. Mm-hmm. All right, very quickly on Benfica, Barcelona. Barcelona looking good, of course, this past weekend. But still, things are a little tense. And Benfica, Benfica are a very good side as well. So, And they're at home. And they're going to be using that energy of that stadium and the crowd to go against Barcelona and co. What do you see here, Benfica against Barcelona? Well, I have put my flag in the ground just to remind everybody that I actually think Benfica will get second in this group and Bayern will get first and then Barcelona live by this, will then. get third. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to live or die with it. So this is obviously a very important game for Benfica to prove me right. This at home where they have been good, they're unbeaten, as you mentioned, Barcelona obviously going to want to have a response after dropping some significant points and, and just getting embarrassed ultimately by Bayern Munich on match day one. They're coming off a good performance against Levante, who have a tradition of taking points off of the top teams in La Liga, but didn't uh, really get it going. Obviously, I think the most important part is Ansu Fati scoring for the first time since yeah. coming back in 10 months. His first appearance, super sub. He probably won't start, but I could see him getting even more minutes. So that makes him a danger coming off the bench. And just his, the- his energy and his influence overall just gives a lot of uh, optimism for the vibe of the whole club, I think. Uh- a hundred percent. And then Luke de Jong scoring his first goal for Barcelona. Like just getting, that's really important for goal scorers when they come to a new club. Like you got to get that first one out of the way. Right. And I think that's important for him, but I just want to make note that Barcelona without Pedri, Martin Braithwaite, Sergio Aguero, Ushman Dembele, Jordi Alba. It looks like Balde, the other left back, the young left back for them is probably going to be out in this one, which means Sergio Des will probably play on the left side. Something to keep in mind. So it and all goes then- to Memphis Depay then. <laughs> What's that? It all falls to Memphis. Depay. Yeah, well, you got Coutinho. You got uh, another Gavi, another uh, youngster in there. De Jong didn't play against Levante. He's going to come back in. So you might have Mingueza playing out wide right in their back four. So that makes wow. me a little bit like there are some areas where Benfica can get at them. And Darwin Nunez, uh, as we know, can can light up teams if he has the time and space to do so. And Barcelona does have a tendency of letting some players have more time and space than they should. Love me some Darwin Nunez. Yeah, I do. I'm the same. So they have some players that can hurt you. I, I'm like a draw machine in this one. I, <laughs> I think that Benfica, for me to kind of hit this bet, would probably need to get all three points here. So I'm curious yeah. to see what their attitude is. How how conservative do they come out? Or are they going out and, and trying to step on their throats right away? That's going to be the thing. And, and I think you can get at this back line. You got Mingueza, Araujo, PK, and Dest. Two guys playing out of position. 
two other guys that haven't looked entirely sharp. Obviously, Ter Stegen can stand on his head anytime and, and make plays to keep him in it. This is an interesting game for me. I don't I don't see Benfica losing, to be honest. I'm just curious as to whether they can get all three points. And the interesting thing is Barcelona won a response after that semi-professional performance. <laughs> so they're going to need to do something. But to your point, Benfica, I also don't see losing. I can't remember where I predicted it on the website, but I don't see them losing. I don't know if it'll be a draw or not. Let's take I, a look. Yeah, I, go I did see, so I did saw this fun fact. I'm, I'm reading it right now, and I forgot to bring it up. Benfica have not scored in any of their four previous meetings with Barcelona in the Champions League. So they're due, everybody. I think that's it's the happening. best way to look at that stat. It's happening <laughs> this time around, because this is the first one with Alien Messi. I'm sure. <laughs> that's true, very true. All right. Well, let's have a look at the remaining fixtures uh, from Wednesday. By the way, we have the early kickoffs with Atalanta against Young Boys and Zenit against Malmo with another Peruvian, Sergio Peña, hopefully coming back. And then we're Bayern Munich against Dynamo. Salzburg, Lille, Wolfsburg, Sevilla. Anything that sticks out to you from those games? Yeah, I'm kind of curious about RB Salzburg and Lille. Lille, obviously, after winning Liga have, and losing their manager to Nice, have a mm. bit of a dumpster fire. And RB Salzburg has, who I think to be one of the most promising youngsters on the American team and the national team, and Brendan Aronson. And I want to see him get as many minutes as possible in the play against the best teams and continue to prove himself. I thought he looked good against Sevilla in match day one. So I'm very biased in terms of which game I'm watching out of the rest. And because the other ones feel pretty one-sided. Atlanta, Atalanta should beat young boys at home. I say should. Zed and Malmo, okay, it's fine. It's not my favorite game of the day. Bayern's probably going to win by like 18 goals. You know, <laughs> Wolfsburg Sevilla is actually kind of interesting because That's Wolfsburg a tricky is one. That's pretty a tricky solid. One. No John yeah. Anthony Brooks, though, because he got a red card. Wait, no, no, wait. He's available in Champions League? He got a red card in Bundesliga. No, he is available in that one, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Sorry, I'm getting it all kind of tied up on that one. So I'm curious to see uh, if he plays and how he plays because Sevilla, are, uh, as you mentioned uh, yesterday in the recap, are quietly very good. Not, not a big surprise, but we have to mention it again. Absolutely. All right. Well, you gave, you gave me a, a very good segue for just the next talk, talking point here as uh, the Americans in the Champions League. Uh, Brendan Aronson, of course, against uh, Timothy Weah. McKenney. Juventus against Chelsea. There's mm -hmm. Pifok, of course, with the uh, young boys facing Atalanta. John Brooks, we talked about Serginia Des. We talked about uh, Tyler Adams uh, missed Saturday's game due to injury. So we'll see what happens with Leipzig. And What makes me worried about that with yeah. Tyler Adams is that the team looked excellent without him in the, in the it makes me nervous <laughs> oh because Don't they won 6-0. I mean, Haidara, who was playing Tyler Adams' spot, was, I thought, the man of the match in that game, and he was tremendous. And so, I mean, if yeah, there's somebody I'm a little knows, concerned. <laughs> yeah, and if there's somebody that knows uh, Tyler Adams better than anybody, is of course, Jesse Marsh as well. So, uh, but Pulisic remains out, Giorena, Stefan as well, all still injured. Anything from that? As, I know Brendan Aronson, obviously, Timothy Weah, that's an interesting one, but uh, let me ask you this for a second. Just, it's not in our notes, but I am intrigued to. Pulisic is worrying me a little bit right now. It's the mm -hmm. the continuous injuries issues, and you know, it's kind of he's out for domestic competition, but then he comes back for international. But then he's out. Does does it continue to worry you just how much he's always out? Yes, it does. I think that was a concern last season where he was getting some momentum, and then he was got out with a hamstring thing. And I remember being pretty early on in Tuchel's reign of, of of Chelsea where I think he got hurt in a warm-up and you could just see Tuchel's his body language was like was frustrated great yeah. you know like all of a sudden I want to I'm giving this guy some minutes and he wants to you know to prove to me that he should be in the 11 and he can't even get through a warm-up without getting hurt you know and, and yeah that feels pretty cynical to say it that way but I would say that he the rigors of playing 
every three or four days is is got to be very tough, especially for a, a player like Pulisic who does get kicked a lot, who who does attract a lot of attention because he's so good in one v one situations. And so yeah. it's just gonna that accumulation of all that is gonna be tough, especially if you're a little bit little like he is. I'd say in comparison to some of the other players, and yeah, and maybe a- just not as big as some of the other guys. So, but that's part of his strength, right? So it, it's just tough when when. And if he's not 100%, we're never going to see the best version of him because when he's 100%, the guy's lights out. Do you think he should sit out in the World Cup qualifiers just to beneficial for him to just uh, take a, or do you think these qualifiers are too important? But then, a hundred, but you know, I'm just thinking long term as opposed to, you know, sure. short term. I'd say on paper, this is probably the best upcoming qualifying window to sit out. We don't play Mexico. We have two home games against the two bottom teams right now in CONCACAF. We play away to Panama, which he might not have get to play in anyway because of the UK regulations, right? So if, yeah, this would probably be the best window to do that. I think they just have to assess and go from there. But, and we do, we've already proven we got some other options that can step up and, and do the job. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that, that's not a good sign. Very similar to what Tyler Adams, you know, all of a sudden you go out of the lineup and the team starts kicking ass and you're like, oh, we, we can't survive without that guy, you <laughs> know? forget and, and, about me. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So it's it's an interesting game to play from both sides, the team perspective and obviously the individual. But yeah, ultimately, I'm nervous for him because even if he comes back, I still don't think, and this was a really interesting comment about what Thomas Tuchel said about Tammy Abraham. He's like, I don't, I don't trust him the way that I trust the other players. And that mm-hmm. has got to be hard to hear as a player that when your coach is saying that about you, and I get the sense about Pulisic, I don't know if he trusts him as a starter. I think he trusts him, but I think he trusts him more as a super sub because when Pulisic does come on, he does change games. Of course. He, when he gets the ball and runs at you and you've got tired legs, you're you're toast. I mean, you're toast more often than not when he when it's starting a yeah. game and he starts. The but problem imagine is, if you have 60 minutes on your legs. But the problem is 80% of success is showing up and you have to play. You got to just be there and show consistency. So it'll be something to definitely mm-hmm. monitor uh, in this one. By the way, that was our Champions Amazing. League preview. Thank you so much. Well, look at all that crowd. Wait, I think I have a... Is it this one? Oh, no, it doesn't matter because my producer has it anyway. Thank <laughs> you so much, everybody. Uh, final thoughts before we say goodbye and look ahead to the Champions League. Jimmy, anything else that you wanted to end with as we say goodbye? I can't wait for the recap podcast. That's all I wanted to say because there's going to be a lot to unpack. I already know we're going to get some crazy referee calls and some upsets, and I just don't know which teams those are yet, but hopefully the Americans show up and do the job. And we have some great guests as well, including uh, Christine Uncle as well, who hopefully will get some crazy refereeing decisions as well. By the way, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Leave a five-star rating and review and make sure, by the way, that you stay with us throughout the entire time. we got recaps, as Jimmy said, weekend previews, and a lot of content as the USMNT and World Cup qualifiers come away with Jimmy and Heath and so, so much more. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Thanks, LME. Thanks, everybody, for listening and watching. We appreciate you. Enjoy the matches on Paramount+. Plus. We'll see you then.